Right, what's up, everybody? It's your boy Tell. In my head. Yo, it's Friday the 13th out this bitch. Does that always usually happen in um, October, like the Halloween month? So I bought so hard. Just want to find me. First, gotta find me. What's for the grant to a mother like me? Keep mommy. Kanye. Jay. Niggas in Paris. We're about to get into it, y'all. Appreciate y'all for hollering at me, kicking it with me this week. We're gonna get into it. Right? In my head, y'all. Game six. Ah. I'm gonna give you two minutes to talk about this bullshit. All right, y'all. I'm gonna spend this quick two minutes talking about customer service, customer care. When you're in a job where you are forward-facing with people on a regular basis, you have to have the thickest skin possible. You have to be nice when you don't want to be nice. You have to be courteous when you don't want to be courteous. You have to treat assholes like royalty because that is your job. Now, one situation in particular I have to talk about which was this past week, I went and got some food from a restaurant that I frequent on occasion. And I love their food. I love the staff. They're usually always really cool. Great, great, great people. I know the owner. Gracious. You know what I'm saying? So I don't have no problem. But when my, I noticed that my food was being fixed wrong and I complained or said something about it, the young lady who was at the register, first person you see when you come in, last person you see when you go out. Which is why customer service is so fucking important because it begins and it ends with you. You set the tone. And for somebody who has an establishment like this, great people, you dragging their name down. Especially if I decide I want to make a complaint and tell all of my people like, yo, don't fucking go there because you got this raggedy bitch at the register like she a fucking whore. You know what I'm saying? So if I do that, that's going to bring business down. You know what I mean? But I don't want to do that because he's my people. So I decided to have a conversation with the bitch's manager. Luckily, I'm cool with him. Had a complaint about the whole before. So whether she'll have her job next week, I don't know. And I don't give a fuck. But I can tell you this. I hope that this will be a lesson learned for you, young lady, because one thing you do not do is you do not get in between me and my food. And you do not get in between me and my motherfucking money. Because anybody who knows Telly knows that when he is hungry and you fuck up my food, that shit will set me off for the rest of the day. I have to literally calm myself down. And I literally had to calm myself down in that moment. So the moral to the story is, is that we all fuck up and lessons have to be learned. But in this situation... Bitch, you fuck with the wrong person, and you fuck with the wrong person's food. So, <laughs> let this be a lesson learned, bitch. And that's my two minutes. I'm going to give you two minutes to talk about this bullshit. Yo, it's good, people. Uh, welcome back to In My Head. Uh, I'm your host, Mr. Uh, Telly Thomas, just in case I need to remind you. 
this week, I, I'm talking about a variety of things this week, not really one focused subject. Um, if I sound really relaxed, it's because I am. I am actually uh, sitting on my couch, staring out the window while I'm talking to you guys. Uh, I know that this may sonically sound a lot different than my previous recordings, and that's because I'm actually home today recording in the luxury of my home, 11.30 p.m. here in New York. And um, yeah, I'm home. I'm usually at Bumpy's Room Studios, uh, but you know... Since my schedule has changed um, with uh, working with live vinyl and doing some other stuff and um, Bumpy's schedule, you know, it changes and it varies because, you know, there's money to be made. So he got to take his sessions and go engineer sessions and, you know, do all that other good shit. So big shout out to Bumpy's Room Studio. Um, so I'm going to try to make this live and make it sound as clean and clear as I possibly can. So uh, I really just quickly wanted to talk about, well, I'll first start talking about Juneteenth, Blackish, season four, episode one. That was the topic. Um, I guess it was necessary because I can just, you know, I'm glad that they did the episode because I can just say that I just found out about Juneteenth last year. And I'm embarrassed to say that because, you know, this is the holiday that commemorates the end of slavery. Why are we not celebrating this holiday more than what we do? We celebrate the 4th like a motherfucker. We celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas. And none of that shit belongs to us. That's white America. Thanksgiving is a fucking lie. Christmas is a fucking lie. July 4th is a fucking lie. Like, we still ain't free. So we really shouldn't even be celebrating Independence Day. I mean, truth be told, you know what I'm saying? Juneteenth sounds like a perfect holiday for us because, again, it is the end of fucking slavery. So look, let's go. Let me just jump into this um, little-known fact, I suppose. Um, Through the efforts of state legislator Al Edwards, um, the bill was marked as the first emancipation celebration. Uh, Celebrated June 19th, the day that the slaves in Galveston, Texas, were told that all slaves were free. This is two years after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed by President Abraham Lincoln. And it's so crazy because from what I read is that Juneteenth is known to be the oldest celebration commemorating the end of slavery in the U.S. Now, mind you, I did not know. This was not taught to me in my history books. I don't know none about none of this until, or just not until recently, last year, like I said. I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm just dumbfounded because I would think that we as a group of oppressed people would celebrate the fuck out of Juneteenth, but we don't. You know, and it's sad. And even when slaves were told that they were free, from what I understand, you know, slave owners still didn't want to let them go. And there were atrocities that were, you know, committed against slaves who wanted to leave the land and be free and going on about their goddamn business. And, you know, motherfuckers want to hold their slaves because they want to hold them for another harvest. You know what I'm saying? Like, what kind of bullshit is that, man? But to me, that just goes to show the dependency of the white dependency on us to do the fucking free labor. 
which, you know, takes me all the way into the Colin Kaepernick anthem shit and how these motherfuckers constantly say that we're not patriots. But I'm like, yo, we all up and through this shit. Blood, sweat, and tears. We're creators. We're entrepreneurs of so many things. I mean, aside from us just, you know, being slaves and having, you know, the, having built this land up from nothing. You know what I mean? And it just pisses me off, man. But I certainly believe that Juneteenth is a holiday we should all be celebrating. And it's something that, you know, kids for generations to come should know about. And they should be able to celebrate it as well. And the thing I also laugh about is the fact that uh, at the end of Blackish, Lawrence Fishburne uh, read a little bit of dialogue about um, how America. Uh, tried to call themselves apologizing for slavery and then put in a disclaimer to say how, although we're sorry about this, you know, you still aren't allowed to sue the country or you're still not allowed to receive uh, any, I guess, any real reparations for all of the labor, you know, that was put in, you know. So we just been getting done dirty so long, and I just, you know, I don't know, man. Like, the more I think about it, the more conversation just wants to come up, but I'm going to try to stick and stay focused on uh, blackish. <laughs> Kenya Barris did a great job with this episode, and I'm so glad that they did this as their first episode because it was really, really awesome, so... Big shout out to uh, Kenya Barris and the cast of Blackish for making this um, first episode so memorable and so wonderful and so thought provoking because it truly was on my behalf. We do everything we can do to turn down our blackness. Well, we're never gonna not have to do that, son. Look, people are never gonna celebrate something they barely even want to admit happened. Look, I get that. But at least can we have one day where the country acknowledged it? It would feel like I don't know. An apology. Wow. Can you imagine that? Oh, hell no. Instead of waiting for an apology, why don't we just do something? I mean, if we want to honor the end of slavery, then we should celebrate Juneteenth. Wait, that's what Juneteenth is? We don't celebrate the end of slavery, but you wake us up early on Cyber Monday? <laughs> you are a bad black person. Yeah. You know what? Not anymore. From now on, we will be black out loud. Oh. Our whole family will celebrate Juneteenth. All right. Boom! I know where to buy strawberry soda. And I'll make a mean red velvet cake. I'll fire up the grill that loud and black enough for you. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'll hang up my stocking. Oh, buddy. I'm gonna follow that up with the shit, okay? Now, y'all know, scandal... Well, for some people, they probably don't even fucking watch scandal, but... Scandal turned the absolute fuck up this week. Um, we are in Scandal's uh, seventh and final season. First episode, man, the, the first episode was crazy. As soon as that whole started walking down the hallway, I lost my mind. I, just, I thought that she was epic in this, this episode, you know, live. Uh, made me nervous because she was so turned up. And I'm just like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like she's so turned up now that 
by the time the middle season, by the time mid-season, like something fucked up going to happen. She going to crash and burn. Something is going to happen that is not going to be great. So I'm not really sure. But, you know, I can certainly say that she, you know, she was, she seems like she's embracing her power. You know, she's chief of staff, um, you know, Millie's presidency and, you know, she just she just gave me so much life in that opening. And I also thought that the idea uh, for the debate about free college is an amazing idea. Like, they really need, like, we need to incorporate that shit in real life. You know how many kids will be able to go to school without having to pay for college? How many kids will be educated? You know what I mean? How many young black kids... How many minority kids will be educated and so well prepared to to deal with the future? You know what I mean? I think it's a great idea. So whether it will ever happen, who fucking knows? But I thought it was dope. So let me think about some of the highlights that I enjoyed. Um, I love the way she checked Jake. She had to check him. She had to check him. Because, dude, he got out of line. <laughs> he got out of line, and um, I, I, I love that check. That was very powerful. You know what I mean? She was assertive. I don't know. Would it, it would it really be like you know? Would the would the presidency be dope as fuck if it was run by a black woman or just a woman? Period. Like, would it be dope? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, they live and Millie make an amazing team, and they make you think that it's a possibility, you know. Um, Cyrus, as usual, you got to keep an eye on that motherfucker. And Liv clearly knows that, so that's why she tested his ass, and uh, well, he passed. Cause you know Cyrus is a little rat, so you know he goes wherever he smells cheese, honey. So. You know, you got to watch him. Keep your eye on that motherfucker. But one thing, like I said, I'm not really sure if Liv going to get a man this season. Not that she actually needs one, but, you know, it's it's almost like the idea that every powerful woman needs to have a man by her side. I don't think so. I really, really don't think so. Sometimes I think that that's just the case for men. I think that men, powerful men, need a woman by their side. You know what I mean? Because... It's unfortunate, but we as men are not the fucking sharpest tools, you know what I mean? No matter how smart we are in business, sometimes we're not as smart personally, in, you know, in the personal life. So this just so happens to be my favorite clip from the first episode. Take a listen. There's three things you need to know about me that you should already know, but I clearly need to reiterate. One, you do not ignore me. Because two... I am right always. It's frustrating. Get used to it. And three, there is only us. You and me. That's all there is. We have it all. The people, the pulpit, the purse strings, the guns, all of it. Everything. Ours to deploy in the defense and betterment of the people and office we serve. But the men outside, these oval walls, they want to take it all away from us because they are terrified 
because they are outraged because they have come to the realization that all those centuries of misogyny and privilege and status quo are finally over. That is why you never listen to a man over me. Your success as president is my only agenda. I alone have your back, always. You want to keep the barbarians at the gate? You want to hold these walls? You want to keep having it all? Reverse the tides of injustice, redraw the map, flood the darkness with light, earn our place and make it so that a woman holding this office is no longer a novelty but the norm. And you have to stop thinking of me as an employee and start thinking of me as what I am. And what is that? The boss. Hey guys, I'm here to share with you my secret to happiness. It's called Senecot. It's a vegetable laxative that relieves all of your bloating and constipation. That's right, everyone. I love to eat cheese just like everyone else. But I need to be relieved of the stressors of having constipation. I can't walk around like that. It makes me so unhappy. So I turn to Senecot to relieve all of those needs. If you need a bowel movement, no problem. Senecot. If you want to eat cheese, no problem. Senecot. You want to eat a bunch of junk food and just don't want to exercise, no problem. Senecot, the vegetable laxative that gives you life. So yeah, we hear it in my head. We endorse Senecot for all of your constipation and bloating issues. You want to be happy? Take a laxative. Okay, guys, we're back. Uh, so today I just wanted to really just talk a little bit about kindness and the decline of it. I've noticed uh, over the years uh, in my uh, interactions with people that people have become less and less and less inclined to uh, be kind. And, you know, in some respects, I really understand why, because uh, people have just generally just gotten worse. You know, it's... Uh, People are, you know, suffering and going through a lot of things. And, um, you know, it, it uh, certainly uh, screws with the human spirit, especially, you know, for people of color. You know, it, uh, I think just the constant barrage of racism and hate that goes on in this country and, you know, the... Uh, idea that, you know, we will never be able to get ahead, you know, even after all of these years after, you know, slavery and civil rights and, you know, we are still being, you know, treated like we're not real people or like we're half, half a citizen. And, um, you know, just recently, uh, right around the corner from my house, there's um, an incident where there was a home invasion of a couple, a hundred, a hundred year old, hundred year old. I think the wife was 100 and I think the husband was 91 from what I read. I didn't read too many details about uh, what had initially happened to, to in the situation, but I do know it was a home invasion and I do know that the husband uh, died. I don't know if he died from, you know, heart attack or, you know, if he died from the injury, I believe that was sustained. Um, either way, it's just an awful thing to feel like, you know, you, your parents, you know, or the people that you love, you know, are in danger. Because in my mind, I have to think that, you know, maybe these were people that they knew, people who knew them. Because 
how is it that you just come into someone's home, you know, and just by, you know, just by chance, they just so happen to be two older people who are pretty much defenseless. And, um, you know, it's just really, really sad at the way, you know, the world is, you know, just becomes so hard and so unforgiving. And, uh, you know, it really weighs, I think it really just weighs on the mental of people. And, and again, I'll continuously say that all of the shit that's going on right now really just continuously weighs on people of color. You know, we are dealing with uh, this administration that blatantly disrespects people of color, like just blatantly disrespects people of color. You might as well just come out and just call us niggas and spicks and, you know, ragheads or whatever the fuck, you know, racist comments that people use when they refer to uh, people of color. And, um, you know, it's just, it, it just really fucking sucks that, you know, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Rosa Parks, Thurgood, Marshall, and so many other great men and women out here who put their lives on the line for us to be able to have the freedoms that we have now. And, you know, they're still trying to roll back on that. And, you know, it's bothersome. I can't say it enough, you know. This whole taking a knee situation has sparked a controversy between both sides where uh, white people will never understand the pain, the hurt, and the frustration that we as a culture have gone through. They will never get that shit. And then there are those who really don't give a shit about getting it. All they care about is the fact that they want to keep us a second-class citizen so they can continue to have the entitlements. You know, and uh, they will never understand the idea of taking a knee and protesting and not singing the Star Spangled Banner. You know, I remember being in school and uh, we used to have to say the pledge. And I remember how proud I used to be to, you know, say the pledge, you know. I don't feel that way anymore. You know, the country that I love, the country that I was born and raised in, you know, it's failing us. And I hope that in time things will change, but I know that it's not going to change without some huge, like a massive movement. You know, things are happening now, but I just, I believe, you know, as they said, the revolution will be televised. Yeah, I'm going to go with those words because I think that the revolution will start and it's just going to come out of nowhere. And these white folks ain't going to know what the fuck to do because I do in some respects feel like, wow, there are a lot of us who uh, want these freedoms. You have to understand that also there are a lot of black people out here who agree with this president. And, you know, I don't even, I never, under, I will never understand how a person of color could be on the side of this administration. And when I see black people sitting next to this motherfucker cheesing and um, Uncle Tom, and that shit pisses me off, i.e. Paris Denard. Like, I see this dude on CNN arguing about policies and, you know, taking a knee and, you know, why, you know, we should be, uh, why we shouldn't be disrespecting the flag or the pledge. First of all, let's be fucking clear about Two things. One, the anthem wasn't written for us. And I will say this time and time again, 
There are three verses, and the last verse discuss killing black slaves who fought with the British. What the fuck is that about? And secondly, and most importantly, is that the flag is just a piece of fabric. It's just a piece of fabric, and there is an art. There's, I think it's called Article Ten, which, just, which clearly states how the flag should be used, where it should be positioned, and certainly where it should not be, you know, positioned. It shouldn't be laid flat in in display. The flag is supposed to be held. It's supposed to be uh, upright and flowing, not on displays or laid flat for, you know, uh, display on a football field. Um, it's not supposed to be on clothes or uh, napkins or plates or, you know, none of that shit. It's not supposed to be that. The, the Article 10 clearly states that. But we're disrespecting the flag. And this is the excuse with white folks. They love trying to turn shit around on us. And trying to make us seem like we're the ones who are doing the evil things. But that's not the truth. The truth is, is that y'all need to embrace the, y'all, the past and understand that you guys are responsible for a lot of the upheaval and discourse that goes on in this country. I don't condone any type of violence in any way, but... I am certainly ready for this president to get the fuck out. I'm ready for him to get the fuck out. I'm ready for them to remove this whole administration because they are a bunch of liars. They're a bunch of greedy manipulators that have no care in the world about people of color. People in Puerto Rico are certainly right now suffering. You know, water should be one of the easiest things that we could have, you know, if you have nothing else, water should be convenient and available. Not in Puerto Rico, but yet the president reaches out and says, oh, well, girl, guess what? FEMA's not going to be there forever and neither is the military growth. We're getting ready to ramp this up. So, you know, make use of them as much as you can before they leave. Thanks. It's just an insult to a culture. It's an insult to the fact that these are American citizens these people aren't even allowed to vote in our election, you know, and that's got to, you know, make you feel a certain kind of way. And then when you think about it, you just think about how black people were treated, you know, prior to us, you know, having the right to vote. And it's the same thing with women, you know, prior to them being able to vote, you know, they weren't allowed to do shit. So it's like when you think about everything, it's like we are all minorities, even even white women. Or just women, period. But, you know, we're all in the minority. Because white men who are rich and uh, they, they don't, and, and, and they just feel entitled and they feel like they can do what the fuck they want to do. They feel like this is their world. They've created it and it's just what it's going to be. And nobody is bigger and badder than them, including God. But they will use religion and use God to do their dirt. But. As I do believe karma is real and I do believe God is real, these people will see their fates. You know, whatever's due to happen is going to happen. But I encourage us to stay strong, to be the best that you can be. Continue to try to be kind to one another and keep your mind strong. Keep your mind occupied with things that will 
you know, be joyous and fun, you know, friends and family and activities and things that just make you want to smile. Because right now we're just living in some really fucked up times and anything that you can do to keep a smile on your face is awesome. So I'm done. I thank you guys for hanging out and joining me this week here on In My Head. If you would like to reach out, you can uh, reach me on Instagram at I am Telly Thomas. You can reach me on Twitter at I am Telly Thomas. Um, and I think that my Freedom Friday song today, oh, it will be the same. <laughs> Niggas and Pierres. And uh, y'all have a great weekend, man. And keep your heads up. And until next time, you know, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of your blackness. So I ball so hard, body is gonna find me. First Love y'all. Find me. What's the grant to a motherfucker like me? Can you please remind me? Ball so hard, this shit crazy. Y'all don't know that don't face. And that's the go. Oh, for 82, when I look at you like you look gravy. Ball so hard, where? We ain't even poppy here. Ball so hard, since we here. It's only right that we be fair. Psycho, I'm libo, the go Michael. Take your pick, Jackson, Tyson, Jordan, game six. Also, got a broke.